Welcome to episode 5 of 21st Century Boys. I had to do the math. I could not remember which episode we were on. I am Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And we're going to talk about the books that we read. That's kind of what we do. We talk about graphic novels and comics and manga and of the sort of things that we read. Okay, uh, Jack, I'll let you lead off this week. And okay. you tell us what you've been reading. One of the first titles I read this week was Bao. I got, like, the singular issues, which are, like, the comic-sized ones. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's written by the same person who wrote um, JoJo, and you can definitely see the similarities. Uh, I don't think it's as good, but you can definitely see it, like, progressing of skill. Sure. And it is um, pretty good. It's about um, this guy who has these, like, powers, and then he has, like, stand powers, basically, like, part three stuff. Right. And then he has to save this, like, kid... It's been a little while since I read it, so I forgot most of what happened, but I enjoyed what I read. I always say that's that's one of those signs that maybe it wasn't as memorable, but, you know, sometimes you just forget. I'm getting yeah. old. I, I don't know. I've been hitting the head too many times or something, but I forget stuff all the time. Uh, first thing I read, and I feel like it's been a while since we've recorded it, and then I looked, it's actually only been three weeks, but... The last thing I read was the thing I was working on last time we talked, and that was Suicide Squad, and it was basically kind of like Volume 2 from the 80s, uh, run by John Ostrander, and the art in this one was by Luke McDonald. This covered issues 9 through 16, and it was called The Nightshade Odyssey, and it starts with a Millennium tie-in and guest appearance by Batman. Uh, Vixen and Speedy team up as they track down a, a drug cartel. And uh, they kind of join up with the Suicide Squad for a little bit. And they have a run-in with the Justice League International while they're going back to try to save Nemesis from the Soviets. Uh, Batman, during this, quits the Justice League again. And then the last thing it's got in there is the Nightshade Odyssey, uh, hence the title of the book. And we finally get the origin of Nightshade and uh, get a journey to our homeland. Origin of the Enchantress gets tied into this and, and fleshed out as well. And there's kind of this gross meeting um, where the the brother and Nightshade is supposed to rescue uh, him. And he's just kind of a creep and gross. And I don't know that he was worthy of being rescued. Anyway, they get out of there and meet up with Shade the Changing Man. And he helps get them back to Belle Reve. And... Um, it's kind of just all over the place at the venues in this one. I enjoyed it. The mystical land of Nightshade was kind of weird, but it brought in a lot of threads. And um, just really good in general. I uh, read bits of this on the app, read uh, most of it in trade, but this is one I would recommend. So if you like the kind of 80s version of the Suicide Squad, it's a, it's a good one to read. Another title I read recently was The Bleach One-Shot, which was in the Shonen Jump app. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of like Boruto, but it's written by the same person as, like, the original Bleach, and it's just as good. I think it has a lot of potential. It's about, like, it still has Ichigo as, like, a main character, but also as his kid. Okay. And, um, very good. Yeah, because, uh, if I remember Bleach, and it's been a while since I read the end of it, it kind of, you know, ends with the fact that he's had a kid with, um, oh, what's her name? The main character that he, like, helps exercise her house in, like, I don't know, like, the first yeah, omnibus. Yeah, like, or human. Yeah, 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 or human. Yeah. Well, cool. I'll, I need to check that one out. Uh, another one I had started ages ago, it feels like, probably in our first episode or maybe the second, and I finally finished up, and that was The Essential Doctor Strange. Uh, this part 
is um, the tail end of uh, the Strange Tales run for Doctor Strange. And uh, so you've got Stan Lee's work in it, uh, the last of Ditko's work, Bill Everett, Roy Thomas, Marie Severin. And um, where we left off last time I was talking about this was uh, with Dormammu and Eternity were about to have a face-off. And from there, the action continues. And then the next major thread they have is Umar. This is Dormammu's sister. And once again, this lasts a pretty long time. Uh, artist uh, Bill Everett and Marie Severin take over. Stan Lee kind of dips in and out of the series. Doc is out of money and seeks employment as a stage musician, uh, magician. I thought that was pretty funny because this guy tells him like the only thing he uh, books is rock bands and that he can't book uh, stage music. Uh, I can't say magicians. Magicians. Um, anyway, uh, Umar's a pretty great adversary. I, in some ways, I actually enjoyed her arc a little more than Dormammu. And um, the way he has to defeat her is by releasing the Dread Zom. And this decision brings in the Living Tribunal. I don't know if you've ever seen this character. It's got like, it's kind of like a three-headed thing. But well, no, a three-faced thing. I don't know if you know the member. The, there was a character in He-Man called Many Faces. Like he had three faces, and you just spin his head. Well, this is kind of like if you imagine three faces, but like they have like a rag hanging on them. <laughs> you can tell which side of the tribunal you're looking at by how much of like the the face is covered. Anyway, so he's going to judge uh, mankind unfit, and Strange has to convince him otherwise. And lastly, there's a Stephen Strange face-off against Gandroth and a showdown, and, and this is kind of like science versus magic. This is a good, if not great, volume. Um, the essential I have, and I'm sure this is true of reprints, but it might not be, they, they switched to grayscale scans for some of it, and maybe they just didn't have the original like black and white ink artwork to work from, and um, that wasn't quite as cool, but you know, it's, it's, it's still good stuff. Uh, it's still worth checking out because you get the Dormammu and Umar stories as well as the Living Tribunal. So I'd say that one's about a 3.5 for me. Okay. Another title I read from the Shonen Jump app is I Tell Ski. It's about... It ended, like, really quick. It only had, like, 20 chapters. Okay. And people were, like, bashing it when it, like, canceled. So I decided to check it out later on to see what it was like. For the first like half of it, it is really good. Like one of the best series in the thing. It's about um, these like people who detectives who are trying to catch like criminals and stuff. And one of the um, detectives is attracted to the enemies, so they try to help them, but that somehow like gets them away. And it's really good for the first thing. Like the relationships are very good. Near the like second half though, it starts turning into more of a comedy. And not really a funny one. Right. Um, I do still think it had potential, but it kind of sucks that they just cut it off, like, really fast. Well, I wonder sometimes, because uh, Shonen Jump is based on voting what they keep and what they don't keep, mm -hmm. uh, because it's basically like a big, fat anthology. I wonder sometimes if mangaka start reading that and they start trying to adjust on the fly, mm -hmm. and sometimes when they start doing that, it just doesn't work. Yeah. But, um, big one I read, uh, and I read Dark Knights, but I don't remember it super well, but I wanted to try out this one, uh, Dark Knights Death Metal by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, and I like to call this one, aka It All Matters. So, I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a history of the crises. So, when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, the DC Universe was supposed to get fixed. Worlds died so that there might be one continuity. 
Well, it turns out people missed the multiverse, so then Infinite Crisis brought it back. Well, Final Crisis was the next one up, and in that one, Darkseid tried to take over reality. And uh, one fateful decision by Barry Allen caused Flashpoint, and the universe was rewritten. Dr. Manhattan figures into this as Batman and the Flash discover in the button. Then Wally West, manage, Wally West manages to kill a slew of heroes in Heroes uh, in Crisis. And so that's where we are. That's kind of like just really quick all the crises slapped together. Previously, the Batman who laughs is preparing to take over the Prime Earth with Perpetua and destroy all realities. So we've kind of got like these alternate versions of all the characters. So Wonder Woman, a dead Batman, and a half-Rocky Superman. Kind of imagine if you had like a baby mixture. I don't know why I said baby. What the heck does that mean? Imagine like a grown man version. This <laughs> isn't Super Baby. So like Superman kind of blended with Darkseid because he's got like Rocky skin. He's really weird looking. But anyway, they have to stop this from happening. And this book uh, is one of those that it only covers uh, the main issues one through seven. So there's lots of side stories that tie in and maybe that's something I should check out at some point because there's some gaps and I'm sure it gets filled in with a companion trade. But um, not going into too many details, uh, here we go. First, Superboy Prime and Wally are redeemed of their villainy from the previous crises. Uh, Superboy Prime was really important in the initial crisis, and then he kind of became a villain in Infinite Crisis. And as I told you, Wally killed a bunch of people, which isn't something heroes are allowed to do. And uh, the last one, the heroes in crisis. So, um... Once this happens, everything matters again, which really made me happy. Like, all stories happened, and there's these neat little ways of explaining how this works. I'll have, like, Green Arrow, you did this back then? He's like, ah, oh, it was a different time, yada, yada. I went back in the past. Anyhow, uh, Jonah Hex and Sergeant Rock make sizable contributions, and the main man, Lobo, helps save the day. So, while this might not have been perfect in execution... Snyder had years of cleaning up that he was trying to accomplish, and um, I'm someone who really loves the DC Universe, so I, I would just want to say thanks to all those involved, and I really enjoyed this. They did a great job trying to reconfigure the, the mess that the DC Universe was, and I would say this is definitely recommended for DC fans. Okay. One more title I read is Me and Roboco. It is just a comedy manga in Shonen Jump. Is about this boy who gets like this robot made, but it's like really buff and stuff. Right. And just a bunch of wacky stuff happens. It's kind of similar to Bobo Bo because it makes like a lot of references and it's very wacky. And it's probably one of my favorite series like in Jonin Jump currently. I just have a lot of fun reading each time. That's what I've heard, uh, I want to say Weird Science Manga talk about, or, or maybe it was Shonen Flop. I don't remember. One of the podcasts I listened to, they really liked it. So that's yeah. one to check out. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, is that one that's been collected, or it's uh, on the in app Japan, only? In Japan, but it's okay. probably going to be app only. I'm sure it'll, yeah. sure it'll probably hit volumes here eventually. So um, I'm sure we've said this multiple times. Do the app. If manga even remotely interests you, Shonen Jump is super cheap. It's like two bucks a month, and it's by far the best deal in comics going. Um, next up, uh, did a couple of different volumes of Uncanny Avengers. Uh, the first one I did is volume five. This was the Axis Prelude, and it's uh, 23 through 25 of the series in Annual 1. And a couple of issues from Magneto, number 9 and 10. This was by Rick Remender and Colin Bunn. 
So at this point, the Red Skull had stolen Charles Xavier's brain and is going after all mutants. Unity Squad, aka the Uncanny Avengers, is back from fighting Kang and Wasp and Havoc are a couple. But uh, during that time, they lost a child, and so they're still coming to grips with ha having happened to them. Uh, Simon, aka Wonder Man, has been absorbed by Rogue, and Wanda's coming to grips with that and uh, the uh, fact that. Uh, you know, her father's Magneto. More on that later. I, I wish they would just leave old origins alone, because this one's confusing people. Okay, so now uh, Magneto is uh, not going to allow the Red Skull to commit any more atrocities like he did during WW2, because if you know anything about Magneto, he had uh, come into his powers while he was a victim of the Germans in the concentration camps. And basically, if he has to take out the Red Skull and sacrifice Charles Xavier ever coming back, he's ready to do it. Um, the Annual is a really fun one-off. Mojo creates a world where the X-Men and the Avengers are kind of like in the Breakfast Club kind of thing. The Avengers are like the jocks, and the X-Men are kind of like the goths and the freaks. And the, they have the Avengers of the Supernatural, and they're kind of like the dorks and geeks, which I think is hilarious. You've got like a... Basically, Blade is like this nerdy kid in the basement playing D&D &D kind of person. It's really funny. Uh, it's an okay trade. Uh, I get this one. Uh, I, I got why well, this was probably a giveaway trade when uh, I picked it up. Uh, mostly, it's just a setup for Axis, and it's a way to collect all this material together. I'd say, if you're interested, read the annual. Probably skip the rest. Another I read is High School Family. That is another one in Shonen Jump. I love that one. It's very good. High School Family is great. It's a comedy series about a kid having to go to school with his whole family going along, like the cat, like everybody. It's probably the funniest series in Shonen Jump right now. Me and Dad both read it, and we both greatly enjoyed it. I, I love the... Uh, <laughs> it's like... It opens and the kid's like, I'm going to high school today. And they're like, well, your sister, she's going to high school too because she's skipping some grades. And then mom never got to go to high school because of uh, she was a, a home wife. And then dad's going back to high school. And all of a sudden the cat. And the cat's the weirdest looking thing. And he's going to high school. But yeah, it's a, it's they're really short chapters. Yeah, they're like... 12 pages 13 yeah so i but i i would still say it's it's probably one of the funniest things uh, yeah. on the the jump app right now so yeah that's a that's a really good pick okay remember how i said uncanny avengers uh had another volume well they did a kind of run that was only five issues and then secret wars hit so this is kind of what rick remender was allowed to tell before the time of the uh, unity squad was done there so, first off, before I say anything, it's Daniel Kuna art, so it's really, really nice looking. But I'm not sure if that was worth the price of admission on this one. This was not my favorite. Um, and this is one of those things because what they decided to do here. And I don't know if it's editorial or if it was Rick Remender, but anyway, I'll get into it. So, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are whisked away to Counter-Earth, and that's the home of the High Evolutionary. And... Guess what? Even though they were Magneto's kids, now they're actually not Magneto's kids. They're actually experiments from the High Evolutionary. So the cynic in me thinks that this has to do with the MCU being mutant-free at that point in time. 
And these characters, you know, reside in the MCU thanks to, I want to say, was it Age of Ultron? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. This kind of really just tainted the volume for me. They keep rewriting Scarlet Witches in uh, Quicksilver's history. They're the kids of the wizard. They're the kids of Magneto. No, they're not. They're just some kids that were experimented on by the high evolutionary. I mean, they've re- been rewritten multiple times. And, and at this point now, they're not even considered mutants. Um... Otherwise, this is a perfectly acceptable adventure. The Unity Squad goes in to try to save their comrades. This team is basically uh, done, though, because, like I said, Secret Wars is up next. Eh, I would only say it's recommended as a curiosity. I would say if you're interested in this Unity Avengers concept, stick to the Uncanny Avengers run. And if you like what Rick Remender did with these kind of characters, maybe check out his original Uncanny X-Force run as well. But I'd skip this one. Trojan X is another title I read. It is written by the same person as Tokyo Ghoul. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I can't really compare it to Tokyo Ghoul because I have not read that title. Okay. But I really enjoyed it. Now, is it, this is... Uh, Tokyo Ghoul is on the app as well? I believe so. Okay. Trojan X is about these Trojan things. They're like monsters. Right. Yeah. So, um, you can, like, get these, like, drug things that basically allow you to turn into one, but after that, you stay as them for your whole life. So, as one of the kids is being attacked by the Chojin, he gets the powers to turn into one, but because of that, he has to, like, hide away from, like, his family and stuff, so they don't find out that he's a monster, or else he'll be, like, killed. It is a very good title. Um, all the relationships are handled well, and I'd recommend it. It's only like seven chapters in, so it's very new. Okay, so it's one you could pick up and probably knock out in an, probably in an hour and be caught up with the entire series. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Uh, another one I picked up, and this is one we had picked up when the library was doing discards, uh, and that was uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. And this is the David Walker and Sanford Green Run, and it's called The Boys Are Back. covers issues one through five. Um, Power Man and Iron Fist were one of those titles as a kid. It was one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, uh, that version was kind of like a melding of two characters who were going to save each other because Luke Cage was kind of like one of those characters based on the popular African-American films of the 70s. Iron Fist was brought in because of the popular martial arts films of the 70s both those kind of movies were on the wane maybe even the popularity in general was so they blended them together and they just made a really really cool team but um they've been broken up for a while and this is bringing the boys back together and but things have kind of changed luke is married uh, and he's a dad and his wife jessica jones doesn't really want luke teaming up with iron fist anymore uh sanford green his art style is kind of unique and it works really well, though, with these uh, characters. And it also works with, well with the fact that uh, they have more of a sense of humor, I think, than, than sometimes some of the main series from Marvel do. You get some return of some classic villains. you got Black Mariah, Tombstone, and you also find out just exactly what Jessica thinks of Danny. The volume has a classic kind of Rashomon story as its ending where... They're telling of a confrontation on the radio. Then someone calls in and tells a different confrontation on the radio. Then the villain says the confrontation. Then Iron Man... Or, I, that's funny because they keep calling Iron Fist Iron Man. Then Iron Fist and uh, Luke tell their, about their confrontation. So that issue was especially fun. Um, 
I thought it was really entertaining. I paid 50 cents for it. <laughs> I would definitely recommend if you found it for a couple of quarters. But, you know, check it out from the library. Rent it on the app. I enjoyed it, and I would pick it up in a heartbeat again. The Hunter's Ground Red Hood is another um, title I read. It's like a reimagining of, like, Red Hood. Little, little Red Riding Hood. Okay, so not um, like the DC character. No. Uh, it's about, like, this kid's village gets attacked by, like, wolves. So he has to get these hunters. One of them is, like, the Little Red Riding Hood to, like, try to kill all of them. It's very fun. It has similar vibes to Toriko. I don't know what makes me draw the comparison. Okay. But it's very good. Uh, I think it has a lot of potential. Again, it's a newer one. Only has seven chapters. Right. Very good. So once again, kind of kind of about the length of a volume. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the the last two I'm going to have kind of a discussion with Jack on. How many do you have left that are just you only? Uh, I haven't read. I've only read through nine. Uh, okay. Yeah. So well, have you done any other books other than the one we're going to discuss in a minute? I have a couple, but we can skip them. Oh, no, no, no. We can do them. So um, what we'll do is uh, go ahead and do one more, and then I'll do my last solo one. Okay. Another title I read is Sakamoto Days. Uh, it is about, like, this gr- guy who is a hunter, like, a very, like, famous one that people want to, like, kill and stuff. I mean, an assassin. And now he's, like, an old grandpa working at a store. Yeah, he's just, like, with his family working at a store, and a bunch <laughs> of people are trying to kill him. Yeah, So funny. he's just trying to, like, make sure his family is safe while right. he's, like, attacking these people. It's very funny, but also, like, really good just in general, and I recommend it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones that I've read recently on yeah. Jump. It's It's good stuff. Uh, so my last one that is kind of going to just be me only is um, Books of Magic. This is a Neil Gaiman book. Uh, this is uh, issues one through four collected. So it's kind of a roll call of Dr. Occult, the Phantom Stranger, Mr. E, and John Constantine. And John calls this uh, the charge of the Trenchcoat Brigade. So these four men are on a quest to take uh, Tim Hunter, a young fellow they discover, uh, on a journey through the worlds of magic in DC, uh, through its past, through the current users of magic, through fairy lands and magical lands, and into the future. For me, it, it felt kind of like a State of the Union address from the magic side of DC post-crisis. And uh, Tim and his owl, um, Yo-Yo, also look a lot like a certain boy wizard who also looks like a certain boy wizard that we also talked about on the manga side of the world uh, recently. Um, so it's chock full of cameos. Uh, everyone from Cain and Abel. Uh, it's got Abracadabra in the future, Warlord, uh, Death, and you know just many, many more. It's a fun and a beautiful read. Um, and it's a great guide to uh, magical side of DC. And I would highly, highly recommend this. Yep. Uh, the final title we're both reading is Berserk. Right. Uh, it is written by Kentaro Miura. Uh, it is about this guy named Guts, and it takes place like 19, like 40s or something. I don't know. Like Europe. Okay. Uh, and it is about like this hunter guy, I guess. Who's just trying to survive because, like, a bunch of people are trying to kill him. Right. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of picked it up. I hadn't touched it in a while. I read volume one, and I didn't really get into it. I had watched the anime years and years ago. Mm-hmm. 
and it, it didn't do much for me. Uh, the anime I liked a lot, but this first volume, I was like, who's this fairy, and what does what what is this? Because I was used to this very, you know, kind of dark fantasy thing, and this little fairy flying around seemed very Disney-esque. I'm like, I don't understand what the point of, is it Puck? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, I think it's Puck. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't get what uh, the deal with Puck was, but... Um, I picked it up again because I, I knew you had been interested in it. I thought it would be a good thing to talk about. And I don't know. I'm really sucked into it now. I, yeah. don't, I don't remember where I left off at. But um, I've, I've been basically reading one after another for the last few days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Volume 2, which was the first one I read, um, Puck and Guts are basically trying to help this old man. And things go downhill really quick. The old man gets executed and uh, Gus has to face like a demon possessed and he can't do it alone. So then the next volume, Gus defeats the demon and he was like a count, right? Yeah. And um, the bailiff uh, transports them to this kind of like crazy world and you see all these like dark guardian things. And one of them, I'm like, that guy looks really familiar, and it's because he should. So if you've seen the anime, it's it's Griffith. But um, the anime told it out of order is what it turns out. Yeah, what the manga does is it has the, like, end of what would be, like, the after the anime and then it goes back to where the anime would be exactly it takes place, like, in the past. So once that happened, I'm like, okay, now I kind of know where we are. So, um, and the only way uh, this count can get away is by sacrificing his daughter. And so this is really important for, like, the world-building mythology because you find mm-hmm. out for the way for these people to get saved, become demons, is because is because they'll, they'll make this great sacrifice. And the, previously, the count had sacrificed his wife to get where he was initially. Um, so, Puck, Guts, and the girl get away because... Basically, the Count, even though he had sacrificed his wife previously to, to, you know, become like a half-demon or whatever, become a full-fledged demon, he was not willing to sacrifice his daughter. Yeah. Um, so then then you get a start of uh, kind of where the anime is, mm-hmm. and both the original anime and I watched a little bit of the new one. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where Guts is a boy, and he was born of a corpse and taken in by a band of marauders. And he didn't have the the funnest of up, of upbringings, um, so I'll just say that. And it, it kind of gives you an idea of uh, what he went through to get where he's at. Yep. Um, so then we were reading through the library, and right now, uh, you know, since is it Mira? Yeah, Mira. Since he had passed away, some of the volumes are kind of hard to get a hold of these days. So we've been trying to read everything through the library. So some of these we'd read in like the little bitty digest size typical manga, and the others we got these massive like leather bound mm-hmm. dark horse. Ones, yeah. yeah, they're really pretty. You know, mm-hmm. if you have the money, I, I think that, and you wanted to buy yeah. them, that's the way to go because they're 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 actually a little bit bigger than your typical graphic novel, and the artwork's just it, it really is a lot. Mm-hmm. You're easier. It's easier to see all the details because he puts in a lot of details into his artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point. Uh, Guts is a mercenary, and he gets confronted by the band of hawks, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the band of hawks is Griffith, and the other important character in that I would say probably Casca. Yeah. Um, uh, but basically, they're kind of like this group of marauders, 
and they're trying to steal his money. Mm-hmm. And Jack, why don't you tell him what happens when they try to steal Guts's money? Like they, I forgot. Oh, you forgot. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, they try to steal his money, and yeah, they they can't handle Guts. He just yeah. like wipes them out one after another, okay. and then Griffith comes up, and um, oh, I got. And you. Griffith is the only one who's kind of got, got Guts's number. Um, because he defeats, he kills multiple members like right off the bat, yeah. and then he defeats the rest of the band. And Griffith, you know, beats him pretty quick. Um, so basically, Griffith and Guts after this are—they're uh, not the best of friends or anything because they have a really weird relationship. Because Griffith is always like, "You're gonna die when I tell you you're gonna die, and I control your destiny." So it's—it's it's not exactly a the nicest of relationships is pretty toxic but um griffith has desires to be king so you see a lot of political machinations of griffith trying to worm his way into court royalty he becomes Mm -hmm. a count and then uh basically he is well on his way to becoming someone important and then uh guts decides to leave the group and I think this is where kind of you left off at, right? Yeah. So we won't go much further than that. But uh, Guts is leaving the group. Griffith decides to mess around with the princess. The king does not take it kindly. And Griffith is captured. So that's where we're, we'll stop with Berserk this go-round. Um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to like it at all. I, like I said, I didn't care for the first volume because it wasn't the anime I remembered. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm all in. Yep, me too. And, uh, and it's very sad that we're never going to get an ending to it, unfortunately. I don't know if the estate knows how it's supposed to end. Have you heard any news about nope. what they're going to do? Okay. Well, he passed away. I think 40 volumes have been collected. Uh, they were probably in the, on the way to 41 when he died. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, um, if the fact that there may never end puts you off, obviously you may not want to invest the time in it but uh i would say it's well worth it it's beautiful artwork great storytelling it is extremely graphic both in a sexual and violent nature though so if it's kind of thing that bothers you maybe not uh last thing uh i guess we could talk about is i read dc uh the new frontier uh i know you watched the movie with me as i was reading it so i thought we could talk about that a little bit uh, dc new frontier is a series by darwin cook and I don't know. This is just one of those books. This is why I love comics. It's got great story. It's got great art. It's got heroes that people don't even remember these days hanging out with the big guns. Just like they're, Adam Strange is as important in this story as Martian Manhunter, who is as important as the Challengers of the Unknown, who is as important as Captain Storm, who is as important as Wonder Woman. And I really love that about it. Um, as I've said before, I am a kid who was raised uh, and initiated into DC through Who's Who and Crisis. So I love when you get to see these characters who aren't known quite as well being brought out. And this volume had me from the very beginning because you got the losers on a mission and it kept me right to the end. And this really is a celebration of Silver Age DC, I think. And so we, like I said, also watched the movie. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't read the book, uh, we'll just talk about the movie for a couple of seconds. So, what did you think? I thought it was quite good. Okay. And who is your 
your your favorite character you think in the movie? I have a bias towards Flash. Okay, Flash. Yeah. Barry Allen had the good role. Um, uh, I, we won't get too spoilery, but basically, Barry pretty much saves the day. Um, yeah. Him and I would say Hal Jordan, because it's kind of like as much of anything. I think it's an origin of the three really founding Silver Age characters. Because, uh, you know, at this point, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and Aquaman yeah. already existed. Yeah, they already have, like, superpowers and stuff. But yeah. they, like, are just normal guys until, right. like, now. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, Barry is kind of, like, the brand new guy on the scene. Hal Jordan starts the movie, he's just a pilot. And Martian Manhunter, this is how he gets to Earth. Um how he starts to blend in and gets a job as a detective and of course you get the great line uh from batman about like it took me seventy thousand dollars to buy a rock to take down the guy in metropolis for you all i need is a penny to buy a book of matches which is uh, it's a great line and anyway so i would say if you love dc comics if you love superheroes if you love good artwork and Darwin had a big part to do with the movie. I would say check out the movie and the uh, graphic novel as well. So I think that's all we got for this week. Um, we'll be back, and we've been doing, uh, it seems like about two to three weeks lately, so we'll have another show up in two or three weeks, and we'll be definitely talking more about Berserk. Mm -hmm. So uh, just uh, tell you guys, have a good night, and keep reading. Yep. Bye. Bye.